Hey there, and welcome to episode nine. I know it's been a while since I've recorded an episode. It's actually been since April, and so I'm really excited to talk about this specific topic that I'm really passionate about, and honestly, the Lord is talking to me a ton about uh, for the past couple months. So we're talking about the power of thought. And so this episode's actually going to be maybe a little shorter than my other ones because I just want to get right into it and then I want to end with an activation and a prayer for you to experience breakthrough and power in your thought life. So just to start out, our thoughts are incredibly powerful. Our thoughts to our minds is like what food is to our bodies. They're what our brains feed off of. <laughs> They're they're so essential and incredibly important. And if we even think about our beliefs and what we hold to be true, these things create our reality and expectations in life, in ourselves and others and in God. And what we believe can drastically determine the outpouring of our life, the trajectory of our life, and even how we perceive situations and people you can have two different people with two different beliefs experience the same exact thing, but because of their different beliefs, they perceive those things incredibly differently. So what we believe in our minds, again, is so powerful. And I'm just going to say my thought life has been a huge area of uh, torment and tension in my life that I'm, I'm coming to realize I've realized over the past several months that I have not tended the garden of my mind well. I've let a lot of things come in that have caused destruction and hopelessness. And Jesus is showing me how to take back the territory of my mind because I'm the gatekeeper of my mind. Some other person isn't. I am. Like, I'm the gatekeeper of my mind. I am the one that's responsible for what I allow in and what I keep out. And I'm telling you that the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy us. And one of the main ways he seeks to do this is through the small, soft voice of deception and lies that just kind of creep in there at first. And then we partner with them. We choose to believe them. And then years down the road, we realize like we're, we're in this mess <laughs> just because we chose to believe a lie. And so we have to set boundaries with what we're letting in. Boundaries, they're not just something that we can set with people or in situations if there's something hurtful or abusive even going on. Like, we have to set boundaries within our own minds from ourselves sometimes. And if if we're facing de uh, deception or temptation, like, and but ultimately, like, we have to set boundaries against the enemy because we're not fighting against flesh and blood anymore. We're fighting against the enemy. Um, and I want to know how to distinctly distinguish between my shepherd's voice and any other voice. I want every other voice to be so foreign to me that I know immediately it isn't something I should listen to or take in or allow in. So why is this so important? 
I was sitting down with Jesus today and just talking to him about this and um and he asked me so graciously he said Carly like why is this so important to you like yes it is so important but what's my motivation and I was just thinking through like well like you know it would make me a better friend or make me a better girlfriend or daughter or it would help me be successful in this area of my life or this area of my life I was like but that those aren't like good enough reasons really I want to be so guarded with my thoughts because I only want to hear the voice of my true love I want to know what it's like to have the mind of Christ I want to know what it's like to be in constant communion with him and I want this because he is my life. He is my everything. He is my reason. I want to guard my mind because I want to guard our love. I want to guard our intimacy. If you think about it, it's kind of like you're dating or you're married or you're going to coffee with a friend and you sit down at the table and you still have your phone there dinging if someone messages you. It's a distraction. It's causing you to not be fully 100% present with the other person and, and being engrossed in what they're saying and being present to fully share your heart. This is what it's like when we're not taking captive our thoughts. We're kind of just letting things in. It can get in between our intimacy with Jesus. And yes, we are completely one with him. Our spirits are completely one with the Holy Spirit. But it takes tending our garden to, to guard that, to guard the truth that we are one with Jesus. And so I just encourage you now before we dive any deeper, like, do you have trouble with your thought life? And what's your motivation? Because Jesus is everything. And if we want to guard our thoughts simply just so we don't have to experience torment or intrusive thoughts, and I completely understand that because it's not in God's design for us to experience that. And so, like, we want to get rid of it. Like, we just, we just don't want it, you know? Like, we want it to be over. We want it to be gone. But... Jesus has to be our reason. <laughs> our reason for everything has to be for guarding our intimacy with Christ and knowing him to a deeper level. So one interesting thing to think about is, is that we are all creative people because God's our creator and we're made in his image. And so one thing to think about is that if we're not creating things or living out our callings in some way, and this can look different for different people and in different seasons of your life, your quote unquote calling can look different in different seasons of your life. It, it can mean that, you know, you're not exactly sure how to live out your calling in your job right now, but you have this idea, you have this hobby that you love. It could be cooking. <laughs> it could be running. It could be 
evangelism. It could be whatever you want it, but you know what it is that you're called to do. And if for some reason you don't exactly know what that is, it's something you should sit down and talk to Jesus about because he has a lot for that in you. But if we're not creating, if we're not living out our callings in some way, those thoughts, like that creative energy, it, it has to go somewhere. And I've seen in my life, if I'm not living out my calling and being creative, then I normally go into this problem-solving mode where I'm trying to solve or fix things that don't even need to be solved or fixed because it's like I have this energy to create and I have to get it out. I have to do something. And so the fruit of that ends up being overanalyzing and anxiety and criticism of myself and of others or situations. Therefore, instead of our brain power focusing on, um, you know, how to be creative and live out our callings and partner with Jesus and all things, it goes to wanting to fix things, again, even if they don't need to be fixed, because we desperately need to create. It is part of our DNA because we're made in the image of God. So going back again to the truth that we have to set boundaries with what we're letting in, we have to remember that the Holy Spirit is our default. If we've received Jesus as Lord, then the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, is one with our spirit, and we also have the mind of Christ. And so the mind of Christ is now our default. So anything else that, any thoughts that come in, any fear, any, any anxiety, that's not the mind of Christ. And we have to remember too that what we behold is what we become. If I'm ruminating about a situation, if, if I'm ruminating about the fact that I am lacking in finances or I'm lacking in health or I'm lacking in relationships, then that's kind of going to bear itself in the fruit of my life. It's almost like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, like what I'm beholding in my mind, what I'm thinking about is what I end up creating. God created the world from his word. But before he spoke, he, he thought. It was a thought. Creativity begins in our thoughts. And this is why the enemy is so after our minds. Because if he can get us in our minds, then he can get us in every other area. We have to take back the territory of our minds if we want to live like conquerors. Instead of feeling victim to fear and anxiety, we have to take those things captive. We have to take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says that, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I want to focus on that phrase, against the knowledge of God. Anything that comes in, any thought that comes in that sets itself up against the knowledge of God is what we need to take captive. So I want to focus on that phrase, against the knowledge of God. What does this mean? 
Well, Proverbs 1, 7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What's the fear of the Lord? This is an interesting topic that honestly, I have had a hard time understanding and there's a couple different meanings of the words or of the phrase fear of the Lord. One is reverence or awe of God. Another is literal terror, like at the presence of God. And then there's a third one that this passage, Proverbs 1-7, is referring to. And so in the Hebrew scripture, there's different phrases that have to do with God and his character. There's the face of God. There's the word of God. There's the voice of God. Different characteristics of God that describe who he is in word form. And so this is actually referring to the fear of the Lord. It's not our fear of God. It's actually God's fear. And yes, God is not fearful. He isn't afraid of anything. But let me explain again what this means in the Hebrew. So the word fear in this passage is actually can be described as what is flowing out of the gut of God which I know maybe sounds a little weird, but again, the Hebrews were very pictorial. They're very experiential in the scripture. And so they use scripture as an experience to actually experience who God is. And so flowing out of the gut of God, that's just describing what is coming out of him. Who is God? What's flowing out of his gut and his innermost being? Well, his character and his teachings, because teachings reflect the character of a person, what they believe, what they value, what they love. And so the fear of the Lord in this passage is talking about that which flows out of God and who he is. And so anything, again, going to the scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, we hold and take captive Anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, against his character, against who he is, against what his word says. Friends, Christians have been so weak in this area. We've let anything come into our mind and sway us. No, we need to take hold and take captive of everything that sets itself up against who God says he is. And in that, who God says you are, God says that he loves you. God says that he's the healer. God says that he is the way maker, that he will make a way for you, that he will make a way through the storm. God says he's a provider. Are we standing on these truths? Or are we letting all of these fears and doubts and thoughts sway who God says he is? Sway the knowledge of God to us. And so if I go through a situation and I'm ruminating on it, I'm, I'm thinking about something I said or something someone else did, or I'm thinking about I'm fearful of the future, I'm fearful of this happening or that happening, all those things, like that fear, is it's building this case against who God is to me in that and whatever it is. And so how I need to respond is I need to come back at that and say, I know who God is. I know God loves me. I know he's going to provide for me. And if I'm not doing that, man, my mind is just a 
open field <laughs> for whatever to come in that wants to come in. And that's going to breed anxiety and fear and whatever else. And it's going to impact my health. It's going to impact my relationships. And so I want to take back this territory. And by doing that, I'm the gatekeeper of my mind. And so any thought, again, that comes in and sets itself up against the knowledge of God, I need to stop and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Like, what do you say? How do you think about this? And then submitting my mind to his truth and what he says. Submitting my mind to the Holy Spirit. So I want to say this is something we practice. This is a process. This takes time. I mean, maybe <laughs> you have an encounter with the Lord where literally you'll never have a fearful thought or anything ever again, and that would be awesome. But normally this is this is a process. This is something we do with Jesus alongside him. And I am so on that process. <laughs> and I ask you to join me because we are more than conquerors and we have the mind of Christ. And I am not willing to live a life any less than that or to choose a lie to choose the lie that I'm overcome by fear or to choose the lie that I have to listen to it or I have to give in. No, I don't want to do that. And I ask you to join that with me. And so I'd like to end with an activation. And I encourage you to sit down and maybe close your eyes or lay down. If you're driving, be safe. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We just silence every other voice. I silence the voice of fear in the name of Jesus. I silence the voice of the enemy in the name of Jesus. I silence the voice of shame, condemnation, I even silence the thought that tells me that I can't hear your voice. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here and we invite you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers my mind. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the crown of thorns that was placed on your head. The torment that was placed on your head so that I wouldn't have to experience torment in mine. Thank you that you paid for all of this. Thank you that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So right now, God... I break partnership, we break partnership with every voice of fear that we have believed, whether we, whether we knew we were believing it or not. We break partnership with the spirit of unbelief. We break partnership with every spirit apart from your Holy Spirit.
And right now, I give my mind over to the power of the Holy Spirit. And I invite you, God, to right now renew every pathway that is not in line with the way you think. And that is not in line with the Holy Spirit. I command my mind to come into submission to the power of the Holy Spirit and to surrender to the unity that I have with Jesus in every single way. Right now, just take a moment and ask Holy Spirit if there's an area of your thoughts that he wants to bring into alignment with himself and his character. Ask him what lies you've been believing. Now say, Holy Spirit, I repent from believing this lie. Lord, what do you want me to know? What is the truth? What are you saying in this? After you've taken a moment, receive what it is that he's saying to you and say, Jesus, I believe and I receive your words. I bless my mind to receive the truth you are speaking to me. I receive my unity with you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So friends, I encourage you to just stay where you're at and continue talking with the Lord. Let his love wash over you. God, I just pray for deeper love encounters from the Father over this person's life. God, that they would know and experience your love for them. Thank you, God, that your love is what transforms us. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for your redemption. Thank you that you've already been victorious and you've already won the fight. Thank you that we just get to step in that victory and live it out. Amen.